0: Well, I heard this dude named
1: Schrodinger put cats inside a box. Someone please
0: call PETA. That's another quite episode unworth- of Indie Comics Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series of graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And today, the last show of the year, I'm here to talk to myself and to you, friends of the world, in another hidden gem. And this one is a little bit different. It's like a crossover between Indie Comic Spotlight and my ADHD cast, where I talk about whatever the fuck I want to. Um, But this one is sort of a recommendation. It isn't like that Jack, good friend, co-host of Season's Greetings and Back to the Bibliography, I Am Jack's Musings, he didn't say cover this as a hidden gem, um, but he was reading these books, and... um, said how good they were, and so I checked him out. And so there's a British writer, he's called S.F. Syed, or said, I guess. To, it's probably, it's spelled said, you can see, but Syed is probably how it's said. See what I did there? I apologize, sir, for getting your name wrong. I'm a horrible, dumb white guy from America, so I apologize for saying your name wrong. Um, S.F. Said has written some books. And um, they're awesome. And the reason that I'm here to discuss them on The Hidden Gem is that they're old school graphic novels. So they're not graphic novels, right? They're not comics, but, but they're graphic novels. So like when you get back in your Wayback Machine and you go back and think about, um, you know, like illustrated novels. Um, so you've got a book and then every so often there's a picture, um, and sometimes it'll be like the image on the right side is matching the words on the left side. Sometimes the image is actually representing something that's not quite there. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. And so what said does with, with his books, he's got four graphic novels. Now, I've only got the chance to read three of them because the fourth one, while out in England, uh, which is where he's from, um, the, the, it's not out in America yet. I've tried to order it. I've tried to order it. Hopefully it will come soon. Uh, that one's called Tiger. Uh, but his the person that he got to draw the um, books is none other than um, everybody's favorite Sandman artist, Dave McKean. Now, um, I mean, if you don't know, now you know. Dave McKean is one of the best illustrators working. And uh, this is like a perfect pairing. Because, like... The Varjakpa books, which are the first two, they're about cat uh, called Varjakpa, who lives in a pretty sheltered world, like he's a house cat, and um, so he doesn't understand the ways of the world, as it were. And then he gets out into the world uh, because he's got to go find a dog. And there's like this amazing. Um, both of the books are great. They're they're very. Um, they know what they are, right? They're commenting on things. They're very matrix. It's very um, Star Wars, everything. He's clearly loved Star Wars and all of the three books. They've had both the Varjak Pog books and the Phoenix book, which is exceptional. Um, I actually think I liked that one a little bit better. I thought Varjak Pog was really brilliant. But when I got to Phoenix, so good. But in all of the cases, um, he has McKeon draw in the classic graphic novel way where the picture is adding to the layer, adding to the story, right? And then sometimes he'll even have McKeon do a layout. And McKeon, who, of course, is artist extraordinaire, he's king of layout. So... He would actually like almost make a splash page, like in the middle of a novel, which is crazy. That's not something you're used to, right? You're not used to having like if there is even going to be an illustration, even if you think like the Harry Potter books where there's an occasional drawing or like um, some some old versions of Peter Pan where there's an occasional drawing. It's almost like here's an image. Even Pride and Prejudice um, has had drawings like every every so often at the top of a the chapter, there'd be like a drawing of whatever was happening. it would be like, here's the sisters sitting around. Here's Darcy and Elizabeth doing with this. And, you know, so those were, like, sort of illustrated novels. But, like, this takes the sensibilities of sequential art and sticks it inside a novel. And it is, you know, for children. And it is just gorgeous. I mean, I just think it's great. I mean, McKean is awesome. But I also think it's such a smart way to do several things. And so... I've taught graphic novels in my classes before. And it's always funny when, when I teach a graphic novel for the first time to a student who's never read a comic book before, they see, they think they know what it is. And then they're like, oh, I can't believe we're reading a comic book in this class. Lame, whatever. Or they think it's beneath them. And then they struggle to read it. They, they can't wrap their mind around se- sequential art. They can't follow it. They don't know how to go from panel to panel. They don't understand that it's layered. You know, because everybody's like, when kids are struggling to read, give them graphic novels, give them comic books. Sure, that's true. There's fewer words on the page. That is definitely true. So a reluctant reader feels like um, they have made it an accomplishment because they've managed to complete a book. You know, a 400-page graphic novel has a lot fewer words than a 400-page regular novel, right? For sure. That's totally true. But you have a choice, right? When you're reading a graphic novel or when you're looking at one of these gorgeous books that said and um, McKeon put together, you can just glance at the pictures, or you can actually let them be part of the story. You can let the images, the things that are happening there, the layered nature of it. Now, these are just for the first two books, it's just cats, and but there's so much happening, and the the tension is built there. The um, most amazing um backstory is happening in these simple images and mckean just does it with you know it's like black and white he doesn't go full-on paint like he does on the sandman thing um but he he definitely hmm I'm pausing on purpose. I was going to cut that, but I'm not. I'm going to leave the pause because I'm trying to find the exact right word. He entices us, he entices the reader to think, right? There's this layer of metacognition that's happening in these books. And these are, again, books for children. But what they're doing together, what Saad and McKean are doing together, are giving you, giving children giving adults and children who read these books together the opportunity to have deeper conversations to say what's happening here what what is this like these these aren't the kinds of graphic novels where you, where you could just read it right in a traditional comic sequential art even if you're not a good reader if you can understand empathy if you can understand facial expressions if you can understand body language if you can understand movement you could look at a comic book without reading the words and getting get the gist of the story. Of course the words matter and I'm a words person, words first person, but obviously the pictures themselves can tell the story in a graphic novel. And again, that's where the reluctant reader stuff comes in. You're like, well, at least you get something out of the story, you understand storytelling, you understand logic, you understand character, you're understanding flow, you're understanding plot. All of that parts of the story happen in a standard sequential art graphic novel and it does something different to your brain. Reading a graphic novel, sequential art, is different it does something different you're you're doing using multiple parts of your brain so it does make you a better reader because it's making you a deeper reader that's just facts that's just what it is people who think that reading comic books is is an easy thing aren't actually reading it they're just looking at the words they're not actually taking the time to go oh look at this image look at this time and attention to detail that an artist did an artist made this an artist who's the writer the artist who's the physical artist they've created something layered. They're like, this word is clock, but they're showing something different. Or this word is car, but they're showing something different. Or this word is cat, but they're showing something different. Whatever. The things go together, right? If somebody says, you know, when you're watching a movie, or you're talking to a human, and you're like, how are you? And the person's like, I'm fine. Well, you know that that's bullshit, right? You know that they're just like, I'm fine. Well, your word said I'm fine, but your actions, the way you ducked your head, the way you close your eyes, the way you look down, you're not really fine. So, that's what graphic novels do. That's what sequential art does. And that's what's happening here. But again, so this isn't something that all over the place. Might as well be the ADHD cast. This is sort of like inside my brain, people. So, it's not it's not that you could just look at these pictures and get the whole story. But without the pictures, it's a different story. You can listen to the audiobook versions of these, and, and, and that's good. I love audiobooks. But you're missing something in a real way because it's pausing, looking at the pictures, seeing the extra layer that these images that McKeon Drew give something different to the story. And that's where you, I can't recommend enough sitting and reading these books with your kids. Not maybe you're reading the books to your kids, but reading the books with your kids sometimes means like you create a little book club, right? You and your kids and you're just like, hey, let's read this book together, <clears throat> And you read it and then you talk about it. You know, it's just like whatever. You watch a movie with your kids, you watch a show with your kids, you have an experience with your kid, you check it you check in with them. It's the same obviously with you know with your family. Whenever you do anything, whenever you collectively share art, the point is, right, after that you talk to the person that you shared it with. Now here I am talking to myself, but I've been chatting with Jack about these books, you know, um, what we liked and you know, they were fun and We haven't had an in depth conversation about them yet. I'm saving that for the next time we're on Zoom together because I've got things I want to say to him about these. And because I I am curious, and I'm going to ask him here before I talk to him next so he'll hear this. Hello, friend. Um, I'm curious, you know, like I'm assuming that he's reading these. Because his 11 year old is reading these. And so I'm curious what the 11 year old thinks of these books. And I'm curious what his students think of these books. And I'm curious what any teacher who has kids this age thinks of these books or has kids this age who've read this book. I mean, these are like beautiful mid reader books. But then these drawings, because they're McKeon drawings, they have this, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of fear. These are like old school. There's something about, british children's books that are that aren't afraid of being dark in a way that american's children's books aren't especially anymore of course because of all the reasons why americans aren't allowed to write books anymore the way that they want to write them and that judy bloom is banned uh because you know god forbid girls talk about their period or boys talk about wet dreams or whatever judy bloom feels like talking about uh which is all just real stuff um you know those aren't dark in that way, you know, like dark. Those are just like real life subjects. But but like British children's books, you know, His Dark Materials, Knife of Never Letting Go, books that are listed air quotes for children. It's different. Like a children's book is anything that's not geared for adults. So that means it could be for 12 year olds or 16 year olds or 18 year olds or, you know, however, however it's written. These are clearly middle readers books. But there's really this dark undertone, and there's some really kind of scary things. So what I'm curious about is to find out, number one, if Jack was reading this with his 11-year-old, and then what the 11-year-old thought. Was it unnerving? Was it um, tense? What was the conversation they had? I want to have a conversation with somebody who's read this book. It's like, "These, these are... Really good. And I I mean, I do think they're just joyous and you can just sit and read them and like, what a great adventure. And it's all the triumph and tragedy and sadness and real life. Like there's something glorious in telling a dark story, telling a sad story, telling a story where there's actually high stakes. You know, there's part of the problem with um, comic books, as this is a comic book show and specifically superhero comic books, which, again, love a superhero battle. The stakes are so low. We know Batman's going to make it. We know. And it's almost like people rag on the Batman 66 show for being like, oh no, Batman a Robin or in a giant snow cone. Well, they'll be fine. And then tune in next episode. And then it was like, those shows were actually shown back to back. And then immediately you tune in the next episode and they were fine. because. Batman and Robin weren't really going to get killed in a giant snow cone, but everybody also knew that, like that was the joke. So the brilliance of Batman '66 is that that was they were in on the joke, and um, regular comic superhero comic books are kind of like that. There's no there's no stakes, and while this book is called Varjackpaw, so we assume Varjackpaw is going to be fine. Uh, there's stakes, man, stuff is real. And and it's, it's tense. You don't always know if our jackpot is going to be okay. You don't always know if the rest of the cast is going to be okay. You just genuinely don't know. You genuinely don't know, you know, what is going to happen. You genuinely don't know, like Sally Bones is a really scary other cat. Um, you know, the, like, you're generally worried about Cludge, the fun dog friend. Like these things are generally, you're concerned. And cats disappear and cats show back up. And like, there's like a really loving friendships between the cats. And so you get invested emotionally. And then you're like, oh crap, where did that one go? And what happened? And oh no, is everybody going to be okay? And it's really stressful, but it's also real life. and it, And so it gives you this opportunity to have a high stakes conversation in a safe way. Because when... When there are stakes in our fiction, it's we can we can comment on the world. And so, um, MC Lars and Schaefer the Dark Lord just put out a really great album called The 999, which is like having a conversation about Disney um, movies and Disney properties from our childhoods, um, you know, of the 70s and 80s, and even well into the 90s. And you know, there's always like that dark element. And they've got a song called Ready G for Trauma. And it's and it's about like how dark, like Bambi's mom dies, and Carl's wife dies, and, you know, look, think of all the people who die, you know, Mustafa dies, like, it's dark, shit's dark, man, and again, these are for children, but so what is the purpose, and, if, and this, what I think Varjak Pa is doing is having a, having a conversation with us, it's giving us this graphic novel, it's giving us all these layers, all these things, but it's also having a commentary on, like, old school, Fairy tales, which were dark. The Grimms brother stuff were dark. They were teaching us the lessons. They were teaching us that the world wasn't always safe. They were teaching us to be wary. And yeah, there's you know, princes and princesses and you know, true love's kiss and all that bullshit. But mostly it's those stories are warnings. And honestly, Varjackpot is a warning, but it's also an inspiration. And it's also um, part legend. You could teach you know, you could definitely teach Campbell's Hero Journey. There's a hero. This is the Hero's Journey. And then there's the thing called The Way, which I kind of love um because you know, it's very Taoist that way. But again, it's also, there's lots of different religions that it could be. So this is a very layered, thoughtful, hero's journey, beautiful book. And, um, you know, so here is a hidden gem. It was hidden to me. So maybe all my UK friends are like, this isn't a hidden gem. Everybody knows about the Varjak pop Everybody knows about SF you idiot. Listen, I didn't know. It was a hidden gem to me. And in America, we can't even get the new book. And so I just wanted to spend just some time at the end of the year to reflect on, look, you've all got some free time. These are quick reads. These books are quick, right? So you're off work right now. Go to your library, go to your Kindle, go to your bookstore, go to a charity shop, pick up these books. Seriously, they're gorgeous. They're beautifully drawn. They're so fun. They're funny. They're thoughtful. They're insightful. And most importantly, they are They're begging you to have conversations with your kids, with your friends, with their loved ones, and with the media and with the art that we consume. Because again, there's so many things that he's commenting on. You know, the Phoenix book is very Star Wars. It is exactly what it is. But then you also, I mean, that's the point. Star Wars isn't, like you see it and you're like, oh, that's just Star Wars. Oh, you, you read the Varjak Pond, you're like, oh, it's the Matrix. Right, but what are those things? Those are, goes back to Campbell's, you know, Um, hero's journey which goes back which goes back which goes back It's like he invented that he just named it and so these are love letters to art it's a love letter story and because the images are there it's just adding almost like this very layered to all the way back to the beginning days of storytelling to like cave paintings right there's that there's that feeling there of just this kind of like scribble the way that that McKeon makes some of his drawings, especially in the Varjakpa books, almost violent, like violent drawings, like speed and quick. I got to get this drawing here really quickly. So it's just amazing. I just loved them. So there'll be links in the show notes to how to get those. Um, And so I hope you spend some time during your time off here, during this comes out, the last week of 2023, that you get a book that's 20 years old, Varjakpa, and you pick it up and you read it and you read it, with your kids you read it with your friends you read it with your colleagues and you reach out to me arfarida.com send me a note and be like oh man Varjackpaw is the bomb or oh, I hated that book and here's why whatever if you feel like it's derivative of something I understand that but it's also the point and um, and it's lovely it's just lovely work of art and so I'm so pleased that I had the opportunity to read it because again sort of recommendation from my very good friend Jack I am Jack's musings um, at I am Jack's musings, you can find him on the interwebs and all the places that he is. Uh, you should really read his letterbox reviews. Um, While well, he does all kinds of good stuff on the internet, his letterbox and he's got back to the back to the filmography, which is an amazing podcast, friends. Um, but boy, his letterbox reviews are really spectacular. too. These are always fun. And again, little my, little mini poems and works of art in their own right. So thank you, friend, for introducing me to this. I hope everybody takes the time to go pick these books up. They are glorious there are stakes i cared so much about these characters in barjack pa. i loved phoenix i can't wait to get my hands on uh tiger i'm super hopeful there's a sequel to phoenix um and i'm i'm here for barjack pa three so uh pick this stuff up people and hey happy new year and uh see you soon thanks everybody
1: Well, old Mr. Johnson had troubles of his own He had an old yellow cat that wouldn't leave his home He tried and he tried to give the cat away He gave it to a man that was going far away But the cat came back the very next day That man was all that they found But the cat came back The very next day Try to do an ear-bleeding guitar solo. He gave the cat to a little boy with a ten-dollar note. Said, Take him out on a river, take him out on a boat. wait a pound. Tomorrow they're dredging the river for the little boy that drowned. But the cat came back the very next day. The cat came back, you know, they thought he was a goner. But the cat came back, he just wouldn't stay. France went, Spain went, and finally the good old U.S.A. of A. The whole world was demolished, but this is a part of the song that's really gonna um amaze you. But the cat came back the very next day. Oh, the cat came back, you know, they thought he was a goner. But the cat came back, he just wouldn't stay away.